What's that with it? What is the episode of a television show completely out of context with the rest of the series give me one second here we go it's late enough in the show to be good but early enough in the season to make sense oh we got it we got it sometimes you sometimes you stumble and then you just get back on that on those on those skis and make your way down the mountain down the mountain down that slope Mm -hmm. or if you're cross-country skiing uh, uh, I guess cross the country. Is that? I don't know if they go across an entire country. The countryside. Is it? I in my head, cross country skiing. The point of it is to just hunt on skis. Okay, so you you and I have been watching the same Olympics part. I haven't been watching. You any haven't watched it, it at all. But I have seen the cross country skiing. Yeah, I, there's the cross country skiing, and they have the guns, right? And so they ski a little bit, and then shoot, and then ski a little bit and shoot. I think that's a specific thing, and there is just cross country. Sh- no, that's there's cross country. Cross, that's cross country. The that's shooting it. is part of it. I know, because when wild. you're a cross country track star, you don't run for a bit and then shoot something. Yeah, right. Why you don't is do that shooting. Why is there shooting? What are you doing in the woods with a gun on your skis? Yeah. That seems incredibly unsafe. Well, (laughs) okay. Okay, Lisa. Lisa comes from uh, Arizona. Uh, Arizona doesn't have much snow. Skis are actually... Arizona also has very loose gun laws. Very loose gun laws. (laughs) So you're more comfortable with the gun part than the ski part. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's funny that you're like, oh, the skis seem dangerous. (laughs) It helps you get get there faster. It's it makes your speed foot... and the if you get in some kind of accident that concerns me. Well, accidents are yes, but accidents with guns are worse. Regular accidents, well, yeah, that yeah. sucks. If there's a gun involved, would you feel better if they had a big old machete <laughs> and they're hacking through, <laughs> hacking through the snowy forests? <laughs> they have to stop every once uh-huh. in a while, take <laughs> to out hack some tree branches <laughs> down. <laughs> This is so specific. A small hatchet that they cut a, a tree down with, a Christmas tree down. Oh, and then they God. have to drag that tree behind them for the rest Somehow, of the race. I actually think that would make it cooler. That would be pretty right? fun, right? Olympics committee, get in touch. Yeah. So this week we watched Catastrophe. <laughs> Speaking of catastrophes. <laughs> like the intro of our podcast. Yeah. Well, um, like, like the idea of... Of a gun going off while oh, you're skiing. Or yeah. Or catastrophe. Stabbing you catastrophe while you're trees. Catastrophe. Catastrophe. What did you Catastra just. trees. Catastra trees. You all know them. So uh-huh. uh, I, I picked this show because um, Valentine's Day is next week. Mm. 
And as of recording. As of recording, Valentine's yeah. Day is next week. So I thought, okay, well, let's do something that's like sort of on theme. Because, yeah. you know, every once in a while, Adam and I try to do something that's on theme. Mm-hmm. It never works. You want to mm-hmm. know why? Because this episode is coming out on Thursday and Valentine's Day is on Monday. Well, I mean, it's... <laughs> Okay, it's it's of the week though. It's like uh, it's it's of the week. It's relevant. We're still in it. There yeah. might still be Valentine's candy at the Walgreens near your house. So there, hundred percent will be. Yeah. So swing on by, get some cheap discount Valentine candy. Hell yeah! Get me That's some what whoppers we're here for. while you're there. We're we're watching Catastrophe to remind you to get some Whoppers. And also because for for two reasons, I, I looked up uh, television couples. Mm-hmm. And the couple from this show was on this. Oh the God, yeah. yeah. There were several that I I thought of doing. Obviously, there's the, you know, the Rosses and Rachels. There's the um, Sam and Diane. Right. All, all of those. The the Pam and Jim. But I wanted to do something that perhaps a guest wouldn't want to do. Mm. And I knew you liked this. Show. I love this show, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I've loved this show ever since I binged it back in, I don't know, 2015 or whatever. And I like, I kept up with it. I was looking forward to every time yeah. it would drop all of its episodes on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Holy cow. It it's, hits so many, it ticks so many boxes for you. It ticks so many boxes it's, it's british humor it's got british humor it's got like quick wit humor it's got american humor yeah. it's got uh uh like like a dysfunctional but functional relationship it's got like yeah. emotional points um that it's a like very candid yeah candid view of marriage oh yeah yeah 100 percent of marriage <laughs> of um like age of um you know, figuring of relationships in general, like figuring out how you're going to move forward with a thing. I fell in love with this show so hard and I loved every season that came out with it, that it came out with. And I am so happy to be here talking about this show. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're well. I'm happy that you came on. I know Adam, I wish Adam could be here to talk to you. About <laughs> <this>. <laughs> um, the episode, uh, Sorry, is is Rob and Sharon receive a very surprise dinner invitation from estranged couple Fran and Chris. The mm-hmm. episode is written by Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan. Yeah. The titular characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, directed by Ben Taylor and starring obviously Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? <laughs> so, why why is this show called Catastrophe? So the show. Uh, why do you think it's called Catastrophe? Um, you watched, I, so you saw it this. Seems British. Yeah. It seems like a very British choice. Yeah, yeah. To to take something so banal and benign as marriage. Uh huh. Well, and also to such a, it's a critique to me of 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 marriage, of married life. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Fact that they're calling it catastrophe is like. The worst thing that could possibly happen is going to happen. Yeah. And deal with it. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Is that am I am I is that why you think it's called catastrophe? Uh it's called catastrophe because of the the inciting incident of season one. Mm. Um and I think there's a quote. I didn't write the quote down, but it's like a quote from a movie that was like, Yeah, I got I've uh yeah, I'm living like the the regular life. I've I'm married, have kids, got a house, the whole catastrophe. 
is like the quote that the show is kind of is kind of going off of. But uh, so you think this show? Yeah, this show is basically like like marriage and and like just uh, like the writ like the nitty gritty of day to day life. Uh, But the the way it starts is um, Rob is on a business trip in the UK. He meets up with uh, Sharon one night. They hook up, um, and then they keep hooking up because they're having a fun fling. And then they find out at the end of that those like two weeks or whatever, or maybe month. I don't know uh, that they've been hooking up. That she's pregnant now, and it's his. Um, oh and God. then, <laughs> and then she's keeping it. And then, like, okay, what are we gonna do? Because they're both like. Uh, I think in their early forties, um, or late thirties or something, I think they're in their early forties. And so she's like, well, this is my kind of my opportunity. I'm going to take this to have like a family and kids and you're welcome to be part of it. You, or you can leave. And then they like, their relationship starts there Holy! and then they have to figure out how to fall in love after that point. And this whole That's this wild. whole show is that. So the kid they have, that the the what is he three? Yeah, probably two or three. They uh, are dating while they're having a kid, basically. And oh then they gosh. decide to get married. I think at the end of season one. So uh, it's even it's kind of even better. It's less of a critique and more of like a like it's great that they're in season three and they're still together. So mm-hmm. it's more of like a okay, how do these people make it work despite the fact that everything's gone wrong yeah or like or been unexpected or yeah yeah gone though not the way that you expected it to yeah yeah not the the intended way and uh like what do you i'd love to know (laughs) what you think of their relationship do you think they're it's a good relationship i thought it seems like they know each other really well Mm -hmm. and that they have a really good partnership and that they respect each other as individuals. Uh, although, in this episode, there's um, Rob has a, a drink. Like, he finds a little tiny bottle of, like, air Yeah, a shooter of yeah, vodka. Shooter, vodka and drinks it. And so you get the idea that, that Rob is not supposed to be drinking. Mm-hmm. And... This happened sort of it just just right at the end of the episode, so I assume this is some kind of like cliffhanger or something. And he doesn't want to tell Sharon. Like he he runs into some some this guy. What's his name? Chris. Chris. Yeah. yeah. Comes over and they're talking, and Chris like catches him. He's like, "Oh, I can smell it on you. Mm-hmm. Like I know you're drinking. I thought you weren't drinking." Mm-hmm. So it just seems like that. Even though they work really well together, that seemed really out of character for what I had seen in the entire episode of, like, everything else in your relationship made sense until this. Yeah. Uh, But it makes sense for somebody who, like, struggles with alcohol abuse to lie. But, yeah, no, I love their relationship. Yeah, (laughs) Like, I was like, oh, yeah, this is totally, like, I saw myself in in a lot of what was going on. Right. Now, like... It's so relatable. All the like, all the feelings that they're having, all the um, like conversations that they have. It's really funny that I ask you like, what you think of their relationship, and you like talk about it a little bit, and then you touch on the fact that like he's hiding something from her and he's struggling with alcohol abuse and stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, that is a huge part of this person, and 
a huge part of their relationship is his alcoholism. And, uh, and it's something that is a big piece of him because it's something that he struggled with before they had their, you know, before they got together because they're full adults and they've lived like rich lives. They've lived a life, you know, up until this point. And then they now have to deal with, okay, this is who I am and what I've dealt with in my past you know, 40 years or whatever, and now we're starting a life together, that's kind of... It kind of has to change. We kind Or we kind of have to talk about it. We have to discuss it. He's he's sober in season one, and he's sober, and in... I don't remember if it's in the end of season two or if it's in season three. He, like, gets really drunk, and that, like, him being really drunk... Uh, he got really drunk and, um, his friend Dave, Dave, yeah. His friend Dave is a, uh, drug addict and he OD'd. Uh, so, so, think so, it, so he has brain damage. Then. He has brain damage from so OD. That's why he doesn't remember what a couch yeah, is. Yeah. He can't retrieve the word couch. scarf. He forgot his scarf. Or right? jacket. Yeah. Something like and that. And he couldn't remember it. Yeah. Because like, he, he, he was in a coma from yeah. his ODing. I, when I first was like, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Like, what the? You're coming into, this is one of those shows that is like Absentia. Yeah. A lot has gone on. A lot of dramatic things. Yeah. That you haven't seen yet. And because it's, because it's the, it's a six episode season. It's all very close together events Ooh. that lead into each other each kind of six episodes so season it's four a six is, episode season se- season three episode four is is towards the end towards the end of the season ah, so with him fought like the ending moment of him being on the ground and chris sitting down with him that's like you know finally this season the problem is going to be reckoned with and dealt with like yeah. that's the turn there it's an important episode in really the season nice moment, oh god so fucking touching the yeah all of the relationships in this the first time i watched it it was like who are these people and who are they to each other and Mm -hmm. what is and also the episode opens i'm assuming on what was a cliffhanger in the last episode he's in it's rob's in an office with a uh, it, it seems like somebody who is in a position to give him a job or or that he's having a business meeting with, give mm-hmm. an opp- him an opportunity or take an opportunity away from him. And this this woman get, gives him the opportunity, says, okay. So I'm assuming, like, maybe he had, like, just gotten through with begging for his job back because the, then throughout the episode, people are talking about how he's going back to this job that he hates. Yes. So you got that's it. Exactly that's exactly that. correct. That's his boss. He's <laughs> begged for his job back. She gives it to him back. Damn. And his his wife Sharon. Mm-hmm. She's a school teacher. Yes. It's very very sweet. Yeah. It's very quaint. Like yeah. they they have like normal lives and they have all these intricate relationships, and I don't understand them coming. Yeah. In. I don't know. Dave seems like a. A real piece of work. Also, like, hits on him. Like, I think he was serious when they meet for coffee. And he's like, if you're asking me to jerk you off, I'll do it. Yeah. It's like, what is this guy's deal? Yeah. What is he trying? Like, who are you? And even he seems like he doesn't know who he is. Probably because of the ODing and the coma. Like, that he's like. He has a very frank conversation with his 
partner mm-hmm. later on in the episode where she's trying to tell him she's pregnant mm-hmm. and he's telling her that he's a terrible person and he can't possibly like he had I guess they had had a conversation where he wanted to be a father. Yeah, they've had a conversation where she wants to have a baby and they're trying to have a baby. And then he talks to Rob about his feelings about that. And he's like, I don't know, man. I don't think I could do it. I don't see, like, what about me is worth while to oh, pass God, on. No, the addict really, like, you can see what leads him to a drugs. I mean, yeah. He, has, he does not value himself. No. And he has been, like, I thought it was a very funny, subtle joke. Or not subtle. I thought it was a funny quick joke where he's like, I am not a good person. I have, I can't – I haven't contributed anything to society. And she was like, what do you mean? You you speak fluent Russian. And it's <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. The joke there – is the joke they're making that speaking fluent Russian doesn't make you a good person? Like it, there's a little bit of that I feel maybe. <laughs> like – uh, uh that might yeah. be evidence of him being a bad person but yeah he's been a drug addict he's been um uh, uh like living a high the high life being a businessman you know sleeping with a bunch of people doing a lot of drugs partying for his whole life up until that point and then he has the he starts a relationship and then he like ods and then like this is the you know him recovering from that and like the, the mental place he's in at that point. And then like, oh my God, I can't have yeah. a kid at this. I've done so much. He's such an interesting character though because he he's like very, I don't know, bright. And, and he seems very chipper yeah. for someone who clearly is, like his attitude is so not reflective of the feelings that he has about himself. Right. It's fascinating. Like he, this guy is all about vibes and keeping vibes going. Yeah, He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't fucking deserve to live. Woo. Let's get drunk. Yeah. Like who the, if you're in that place, you, that's like a dark place to be in. Very dark place. Yeah. And yet he's the kind of guy who will help you get drunk. You know, he's the kind of guy who makes getting drunk and going into oblivion sound fun. Well, He's yeah. exactly the kind of person who will make who who will make a sober person. That's uh, the only uh, time he's happy. Yeah. It's the only time. That's like that's his element, you know. When yeah. you have your element, he's don't good you at it. Share that with people. Yeah, he's good at that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I get it. He seems he's a very charming person. Mm-hmm. I didn't once think, oh, this person's an asshole. I, I it totally made sense to me that this guy parties regularly with oh, people. Oh yeah. Could probably get a lot of things and. I mean, like for the, free, a lot of drugs for free, get into clubs for, for free, you know. The one asshole thing about him that you kind of like picked up but didn't quite get how, like, what to read off of it is him being like, dude, are you offering me to, are you offering to give me a hand job right now? Like, that's yeah. a sort of like kind of asshole, like, businessman thing. Like, oh, you just complimented me? All right, suck my dick. Uh, yeah. Like, that sort of mentality. He's uh, definitely yeah, he the kind of guy who does says com- that. Now I'm getting it. Yeah. He couldn't take the compliment. So he had to like turn it on. It's He, t- he had to turn it turn it like into like a homoerotic like homophobic thing. It's a it's such a fast fucking Yeah. Like this script like that scene is probably 3 minutes maybe. Yeah. It's so fast how he expresses that about himself. Uh they have like like uh, like a very 
not serious, but like, uh, man, uh, you have to do a lot of genuine, earnest conversation. And then it like, Rob's like, no, you do have these positive qualities. If if you want to like, you know, he can't handle the emotions. Yeah. Even later when he's having this very serious conversation with his girlfriend and he's telling her that they can't have kids. And she, like, he's so matter-of-fact about it. There's no emotion. I don't know. know? I think there's this, there's this noble sadness about him in that point. There's this sort of, like, (laughs) it's beautiful how sad it is. The, the kind of, like, yeah, I, I mean, I would love someone to make a little boat for me, but I don't think I'll ever have that little boat. And that's, like, a, a, that's someone who's really thought about it and really considered it and, like, I, like I could hear someone saying that and then I would totally accept their like them pulling away from that because I feel like that's like okay yeah, that's yeah. a that's a really reasonably made point and like like wow and then immediately she's like well fuck because I'm pregnant and he's like that's great and yeah. then immediately scene ends right there yeah yeah <laughs> immediately a very supportive person yeah but it's also like it, does he fully understand? Is he is he going to take responsibility? Is he like what's he gonna happen? Exactly what to say. That's the catastrophe, though, right? Like the like the, you the, you take time when you to get a woman pregnant. Catastrophe. <laughs> you take time to make a choice, and then you you take time to express that to your partner, and then immediately like, nope, fuck you. You don't get to make that choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of nice though. It's, it seems like he he didn't have to make the choice. The choice was taken away from him or... Well, he made the choice. Yeah. He made the choice to say no. And then... Yeah, and then but, he was But it's taken away because it's, just, it's already happening. Yep. So, I mean, the show is just like, is doing so much work with every single line. I, <sighs> I said that like, it's the second it ended, like every line of dialogue, and this is just a good written show. Any show that's written well, every single line of dialogue has importance and meaning for the actors, for the characters, for the relationships, and for the story, it just pushes it forward. It's really hard to write a good television script because nothing can be thrown away. You know, you want a script that like nothing is thrown on the floor. Mm-hmm. That that every line has to be important. If you have a throwaway line, even in a comedy show, that's going to be something that probably comes back later. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like all the jokes they make at that dinner, the, like the names of those movies. Yeah, the movie name. Which you told me is something. Like when I read that, I was like, okay, that's a one-off joke that they put in this episode. And you said that's something they do all the time is fake movie names. There has been a couple jokes of fake movie names. I wrote them down uh, <laughs> th- like through the series. There's been a couple jokes. One of them, Gentleman's Quandary is the one we saw. <laughs> with Morgan Freeman. With Morgan Freeman. And, and the and Chris's uh, yeah, kid. kid. Um, and then another one was Wes Anderson's The Emancipation of Flyburton Crisp, <laughs> which is a very good, just That's like, so Wes it's such a Wes Anderson name. And yet it sounds super ridiculous as well. Yeah. It's just a good, like every, everything is an opportunity to make a joke. Um, uh, Rob, um, Delaney, right? Is that yeah. his name? Rob Delaney. He, um, he got... I don't want to say he got famous, but he was, he 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 built his career off of um, uh, Twitter. 
he got oh, very yeah. recognized, got a bunch of followers uh, because he's one of the like top Twitter joke writers. Yeah, um, and you especially really have to be early succinct. Twitter. Yeah, he could, yeah, he awesome. fucking nails jokes. So many jokes that just like it's that a, are. It's a skill. It's a talent. Yeah. yeah, both of them are so fucking funny. Yeah, both of them writing this fucking show are, are like, like she being so. Rob is an American, um, mm-hmm. and Sharon Horgan is Irish, and like. Like the Irish matter of factness, and then in the Amer- uh, well, the American like I don't know, also matter of factness in a different way. Well, Americans, I think, ha- ha- romanticize things. I- I've always found them both very blunt people. I've always found them both very like straight to the point, very willing to Ooh, say. Rob is very blunt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. That seems like a a stereotypical American. Uh, cis male thing yeah you know just for for a cis guy to be just sort of like blissfully unaware of the effect of his words and it it just so happens that he's met someone yeah that that's fine because that's sort of what she expects like because irish people just are just fucking brutal as fuck i don't know if it's brutal but i think it's just an an unrelenting acceptance yeah of the world yeah as it is yeah yeah (laughs) like like total acknowledgement of sadness and horror and and acceptance of it and without any level like they skip there's no like seven stages of grief for Irish people. <laughs> there's one stage. Yeah. Then it's acceptance. Yeah. They pass it straight all to acceptance. <laughs> so uh I mean at least that's what I get whenever I see like a Martin McDonough. Yeah. Piece, you know, the cripple of Inishman was a lot like that. Yeah. And like any other thing I see with like Irish people in it, you know, not to like put Irish people in a box, but that it seems definitely, to be the theme. Yeah. Um, it definitely is an artistic um, perspective that a lot of Irish um, movies and and media definitely comes across that way. Is like, yeah, all the brutality and uh, misery of the world is is obvious and rote and is going to happen to you. And and like, why would you pretend that something else is happening? Just say what's happening and. Yeah. Like you could see an evidence of this with uh, Fergus and Sharon. Fergus is Sharon's brother. Oh, that's right. Who, yeah. who ran away from Spain and how what like a nut job. like <laughs> she's she's feeling concerned about you know she only has so many eggs left and then he's Basically, like she's nearly infertile is what yeah, it sounds like nearly infertile which might be her catastrophizing or it might be you know actually true um, but yeah. like. Because she starts out with four million eggs. Like, you start out with four million eggs when you're born. And, like, that's a lot of eggs. You're not, you know. And you're like, definitely not going to use them all. Not going to use those that, all. That, I mean, how do you go through that many eggs? I, I don't you know. You live. They they just, no they just go. possible way in 40 times 12 does not mean. No, it's million. not that you have that many like it's not one egg per period and it's not like you're get like all those cells are going to live until right yeah yeah it's just cells die cells you know you know it's crazy women have four million eggs and or, or i guess uterus having people have four million eggs and uh 
sperm having people have billions because like they're because they're making them because the eggs don't keep getting made the sperm does keep getting made it's easier to to just it's easier to crank out. those yeah. out. <laughs> god damn <laughs> that explains so much biologically <laughs> speaking i guess uh so yeah yeah she's having this crisis of like of of age or she's dealing with like of womanhood you know of like yeah okay i need to accept that like what does she say She's, she's, she's barren. She's, or she's barren. Yeah, she's rotting. She's rotting, she's rotting from the inside. Her Which insides I, are rotting. I can get, and she needs to deal with that loss in her own way. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, I mean, it, it took her until she was in her 40s to have kids, mm-hmm. which is not unheard of these days. Um, and not completely... I mean, that's not... There's like this myth that there's a prime time to have your kids and modern medicine has just completely changed everything about when you can have right. kids or be fertile or who can be a mom. One of know? the one of the things in the first season is uh, she finds out that she's having a geriatric pregnancy is what they call it. And she's like, <laughs> geriatric? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, that's amazing. I'm a geriatric? <laughs> To hear that so constantly just being like, it's it's sort of like that mirror of like society telling her that she is this way mm-hmm. and she doesn't feel that way at all. Right. Essentially. Until now, I guess, when she's like, oh, this is happening to me. Like, what does this mean for who I am? Like, I don't know. It's a quick, I mean, it's a 40 minute episode where you have to kind of face something and kind of come to terms with it, right? A little bit. And she, like, it feels like they go on a journey of that, like. It wasn't offensive at all, so I liked that. Yeah. (laughs) Because it could have been. What was great was how Rob handled it. Yeah. He, he didn't blink. He didn't even blink at it. He was like, yeah, I know this is a, this is not something that, you know, you were expecting to hear. He says that, that's hard for you. He's like, and I, I see that that's hard for you. Like, it's, he's not, he doesn't feel bad about it. Yeah. He doesn't feel bad about her, you know, the no, thing she feels bad about. It. He's super happy. Yeah. And uh, he's they like. don't have to use condoms ever. Yeah. yeah. Great. I'd love you more. Yeah. <laughs> I'd yeah. love you more if you had no eggs. Which is like, <laughs> it's both a funny thing to say and it sounds terrible, but it's also like that's part of a relationship is like, Oh, I'm, I'm changing. And he's like, I will still love you after Mm. you've like gone through, after you've changed, after you've gone through this changing process. Yeah. Like that's what's so fucking, so fucking amazing about this show. I, before I, I mean, I started watching this, what, 2015, 2016, something yeah, around you were there. Just, you were a hot little freshman I was on a hot, the scene. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a freshman. I'm like, I mean, college. Um, but I have like, I don't believe, you know, relationships work. I don't like, I haven't seen it in my life. Oh, I don't cynic. like, like people wow. don't talk about shit. People just like get mad at each other and, and lives get ruined. Um, or, oh or like, God. or like, I, I don't know. I just did like I didn't believe that there was a responsible or um clear sort of 
portrayal of it anywhere in media. It always seemed either romanticized or um, the opposite of romanticized, like just glum, you know, like there is no love. Everyone dies alone. Um, But this was like, oh, these two people yell at each other. These two people say awful things, but they're funny, awful things. And then they like they support each other and care about each other and like say things that to help them along the way. And this is this is what a relationship is. It's this conversation. It's this reaching out to each other, even when you're feeling like terrible about something or when you're, you know, making your mistakes yeah it's like you so you like idealize yeah this is like this is like oh that's that's what love is (laughs) Uh, it's great i think you're right because i see their relationship and i'm like oh they're really working on it yeah they're really working together they're a team and they they've decided to be a team because they're they had a kid even if it wasn't what they expected they both did decide to be a team together right and that's what, like, like, love. Well, this is great. Yeah. For the Valentine's Day episode. It folks, is. We're going to hear what we think about love. Love is, like, there is that, like, falling in love, finding a person that, like, like, you really enjoy being with and you feel a lot of feelings for and stuff. Um, but the the like Hollywood Hollywood romantic idea of like a person completing you and now you are perfect that you are with them and Ooh. like your life like now your life is grand and great that yeah. has always just been a fucking yeah because that's that's like centered in that's grounded in in the idea that that that's a heterosexual heteronormative idea that the government pushed on the American people that so that they could create the idea of the nuclear family that the women would need men and men would need women. But the reality is that's not true. Right. That gender is not just one thing that women do not need men and men do not need women. Right. To take care of each other. And a relationship is much more interesting, especially in media, the way you see it in catastrophe. Yeah. With two people who see each other as equals or equal earners in a family and both do like at this point in the in their relationship he's a stay-at-home dad and Mm -hmm. he's doing a lot of the what they call women's work you know um and it's not easy that's not an easy job women were doing like compared to men a lot more work and not getting any pay for it right years but i mean like he like they have, you know, nannies or or like school that they send their kids to, people who will yeah. look after their kid and so they can live their lives and it's not like a f- a fascinating thing about the show is there's never any point where it's like oh yeah, both of them have to give up on a part of their life in order to like take care of these kids and the kid characters kind of aren't characters. Aren't char- they're not really the- Yeah, I noticed that well the baby is a baby, mm-hmm. right? And the kid that's three didn't speak. Yeah. And they spoke around that child as if it <laughs> wouldn't understand. Yeah. They're swearing or what yeah. they were talking about. Because uh, they're talking about because Fran Fran invites them over to have dinner and she's like uh, with with Chris uh, to talk to them and she's like oh I I thought we were gonna have a threesome 
And uh, it's a great joke. And Rob is like, oh, so we're going to three of us are going to fuck and the other's going to make sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. So he like calls out that she misspoke. Uh-huh. In a playful way. Yeah. And she's like she laughs and she's like, you know what I meant. Yeah. And uh, then they all right introduce, in front of this three year old. All right in front of this three year old. I mean, he does sort of like he does sort of under his breath a little bit undercut the word fuck, you know. He does bring the word fuck down a little, you know. It's not like he doesn't say it as loud as the others, yeah. but it's it, it it still plays in the mm-hmm. show, you know, as just him saying the whole thing. I think that's actually probably true of what parents do yeah. around kids sometimes. Yeah, and kids just are fucking oblivious. Uh, but this show isn't about the kids, and it's not about, you know, like... I don't know. I'm going to fight you on that. Kids notice everything, okay? That kid might be oblivious, might seem oblivious, playing with food or whatever, but at three years old, you you know words. Like, you know words. Okay. I'm going to fight you on this, that kids notice everything, because they... Because they... you don't... Just because you didn't notice everything, because <laughs> you have the most hyper-focused brain out of anyone I've ever met. <laughs> Jesus. Kids, kid. Okay, I once babysat a kid, and I'm so sorry to you for telling this story, but uh, it happened to me too. So this is both of our Getting story. Into the uh, I was once babysitting a kid, and he was. Oh yeah. I just wanted to know: Do we have any? What are the set, fun sound effects we have? There? Drum roll or or uh, drum. But um. But um. Yeah. That won't work until. But um. And yeah. then there's the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. So. I got this. <laughs> Babysitting a kid. Um, he's about nine or so. Um, in those middle years, you know, kids being kids, uh, they know things, but they don't know lots of things. Nine he's year olds eating are different than three year olds. That's true. He's eating a tortilla, <laughs> and he's wrapped it around his finger. Nice. He's wrapped it. He's wrapped the tortilla around his finger because he's having fun with his food, with and he's food. watching TV while he's eating. Having a good time. Because I'm babysitting, I'm not gonna be like, no, you can't watch TV. You have to eat all your food. I'm not gonna uphold healthy habits. Yeah. I want to be cool. I want to. I want to be fun. Yeah. Uh, he's watching MythBusters, my dude. That's a f- great time. <laughs> That's great. Shit. Um, and then I go downstairs to make myself a little something. I think it was just pizza. Um. Uh, and I hear a yelp, I cry, a cry out, and I go upstairs, and his finger is bleeding because he's bitten through his tortilla that he's wrapped around his finger into his own finger. <laughs> Amazing. Until it bled. Kids. Three years old. Three year olds are way different than nine year olds. Kids are observant and they hear kids things. That kids below the age of five are notice way more. Than nine year olds, but they don't. They don't have nine year olds have the ability to disassociate. <laughs> Three year olds are soaking up everything so that they can figure out how the world works, man. Right, but at the same time, we know how the world works, and there's levels to it that kids aren't getting. They're just there's not like sex getting. jokes they're not getting in Casper. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The film Casper, which <laughs> is such a dated reference. <laughs> Wow. Sad trombone. Sad trombone. That is yeah. How trombone. dare you? How so, dare you drop a Casper reference? No, we got some new equipment. And we're just playing with. We're playing. Hey y'all, remember when we said we would get new equipment? Well, we actually did it. We got some new equipment, and we're gonna get some more. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. It's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Okay, regardless, yeah. yeah so the, this show does seem to ignore the kids a little yeah. bit because the point of the show is not. It's their relationship. Yeah. It's not. You know, it's not a show about raising kids. It's a it's a show about being in a relationship yeah. as adults and ha- like even while having the pressures of kids because they do talk about you know like uh uh like like picking like kids up from school and like all yeah. that kind of stuff and you know that's a I mean, part of their lives life. yeah. yeah i mean so so that's their storyline essentially right Is yeah that she's losing her eggs he's getting back into alcoholism <laughs> yeah getting back yeah, in getting you back know into it. it's like it's been long enough and getting back into this terrible job that he doesn't want right right so like so there's probably like those things are like yeah yeah, hitting. Oh, They're all. It's all converging for him. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't talked to her about it yet, and uh, and he hasn't talked to anyone about it yet. The alcoholism. Uh, yeah, like the only people who know about it are um, Dave and his girlfriend. Oh no shit. Um, um, yeah, I think I think that's those are the only people who know about the. I mean, everyone knows that he's an alcoholic, mm-hmm. but nobody knows that he's drinking again. That he relapsed. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Okay, so that's the big reveal. Or for me. For you. <laughs> for Just me. what you got to know. Yeah, and Chris and Fran are, what is their? They're divorcing. They're getting a divorce, yeah. and they're they're trying to leave their kid to, to Sharon and Rob if, in case they die. Yeah. And their relationship is so dysfunctional. The, the Chris and Fran is, they're so fun because they're terrible. Uh, they're kind of terrible people, but they're not, you know, but they are. Um, and <laughs> like, like Fran and Sharon have this friendship that they've had for years, but they hate each other. It doesn't make sense. They to straight me. up don't like each I other. I don't understand. And they it still at all. keep bringing them, each other back in their lives and like pretending everything's fine because they, they won't talk to each other. But Chris and uh, Rob. Get they along. Can, yeah. Yeah. I loved that moment. Oh, the yeah. End of the episode where he's coming over to beg him to take his kid when he dies because he doesn't want his his soon-to-be ex-wife's new boyfriend, boyfriend. Yeah. Douglas, who Ugh. Rob says is right out of the gate. You can tell he sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's a great line of dialogue. So good. That's such an American <laughs> way of saying it, too. Uh, you only, like, think about it that way. Um <laughs> as American or whatever in the context of this show. Yeah. And like yeah. the way people say things, but it's such an American way of saying like, yeah, right out of the, right, right out of the gate. gate. You could tell he sucks. Yeah. Like these That's... people have been going to see horse races. They can tell. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they're so, but then he smells the booze on his face and he's like, you have to tell your wife. Mm-hmm. So like there, the dynamic there is like, he cares about him. He, he doesn't want him taking care of his kids yeah. until he gets his shit in order. The power shift is so immediate there. Yeah. It's so – and, like, like Rob isn't even drunk. He He's a big man. He's yeah. six foot five. I don't fucking know how tall he is. He's a tall he's dude. Tall he has a need. tiny shot of vodka, but then immediately, like, is talking to – like, he doesn't even say a word. He smiles and sort of exhale laughs, and immediately Chris yep. is like, oh – 
Hold on a second. Picks up on it real quick. Yeah. I mean, it's on your, you can smell it. You Even can smell though it's it. vodka, you, yeah. you know, alcohol just has a smell. It has a smell, and of he's course he's going to smell three. it. Six foot three. Yeah. Six foot three. That, that dude's a tall dude. He's no Shaquille O'Neal. No, but, you know. Well, a foot away. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that away. shift was so, it's so fun to watch. And it was fun to see he he's following him. He's trying to convince him that he's fine and that there's nothing to worry about. And then he It looks trips. so desperate. Like, he, yeah, he totally falls apart right there. Yeah. It, and it's hard to watch because yeah. you know that he's not drunk. But you know that he has a problem. Mm-hmm. And... He trips and he falls and the guy is just like, I'm going to, he just like sits down with him and it's like a moment of solidarity of like, yeah, I'll be here with you. I'm not going to argue with you about this, but I'm here to support you. Damn. Sweet moment. You don't need words. You don't need an argument. You just show a guy melting down, falling on the ground, and like making up reasons why he's fallen and looking terrible because he looks terrible in that moment. Yeah, he does look Because he's doing lot he's doing laundry. Yeah. Like, you know, of course he's not gonna look great. But then he he just looks so bad in that moment, being on the street, like pretending everything's fine. Yeah. And and <laughs> I mean, realistically, it's not it's not like he's imploding because he he did say he's, he's like trying to pull it back he's like this is oh great yeah i know that okay i know this looks bad but actually like i sprained my ankle last week and that's what this is and he says hi to the neighbors and it's a moment of like okay so so all of that is viable but like and then he's like i know this is like feeding into your theory that i'm a, a, a drunken alcoholic again mm-hmm. but i'm not okay like it's so how it, it's so embarrassing honestly it's so embarrassing because <laughs> it's he, he he might be right but he's still wrong yeah yeah uh, yeah and and like even though like all these things might be true the situation he's in is because of alcohol and yeah. he got to talk about it this guy's got to talk about it yeah the show is like how is it so funny and yet and so it's so earnest. How is it so funny and so earnest? Like at every t- turn. I think the key is um, the characters always say what they're feeling or thinking. I think it. I think it's the whole like like gotta get to it quick like style of joke telling. You can't have a huge setup. You have to just get to the information and show the opinion and the feelings about it immediately. And then you have more room to put in dumbass jokes like gentleman, what is quandary. it? Gentleman quandary. <laughs> and like, or it's, like the things he says about his son wiping his own ass. Yeah. Like, yeah he wipes it, but he just spreads Sp- it around. Spreads now. it around. Yeah. Like, because Sharon's like, it, she's not talking about something and it, there, it's not about subtext here. It's yeah. just text. Yeah. Because people are feeling things and talking about those things. But it also, that line does a lot for her. And it does a lot for his character. It shows about, like, like how their relationship works. And it also shows, like, oh, I can see he's very good at handling, like, a stressful situation. Yeah. And diffusing things. Yeah. 
And at the same time, that skill makes him not want to talk about the problems he had. Right. Because he can just distract himself like so quickly. So that that line, when he tells her that about their kid and ignores the important thing she said about her infertility yeah. or perceived infertility, that line is like pulling so much fucking weight. It's, it's like... Like the thing right after that, she's like, I think I'm having a hot flush. And he's like, you're not having a hot flush. You're just having a panic attack. As if it's the most soothing thing you could say in that moment. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it's so, so funny. And, but that is, but they play it as a reassuring thing. And I, and the characters are so funny and find each other so funny. Like there's genuine <laughs> charisma between the two of yeah. them. And they they characters are so funny that like, oh, of course they can take they can handle and understand all these jokes because that's just how they communicate. Yeah. Because they are just joke tellers. And that's so hard to find too, is like two people that just understand each other. Holy shit. Like you're to be living in the same world and perceiving the world fairly similarly, or even if you don't perceive it in the same way, to be able to communicate. Yeah. That's so fucking hard. I mean, you're seeing you're seeing in this episode them communicate really well and them not communicate at all. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> How did this show do it? Isn't that crazy? Ah, I see why you like the show. I love I this show. There's so many balls in the air in this episode. Mm-hmm. And... And like the one that drops the like alcoholic, like that, that mo- like him dealing with his alcoholism is the thing that ruins the them taking care of um, the kid, the kid and also now makes him have to face having to talk to Sharon about it. It's like all these balls in the air, like them taking care of a kid is the reason he's go or like them being asked to take care of a kid is the reason he's going to tell her about his alcoholism Yeah, is like, or tell her about his relapse, his recent relapse is. It's like a weird, it's artful. It's so incredible. How did it come to that? Yeah. What a surprising turn of event. Her brother owes him 8,000 pounds. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah. Just a little reminder in there. Like so, so their their parents come home, and her brother is there. It's her parents, parents. Her parents, mm-hmm. his in laws, and her father like has dementia. It mm-hmm. seems like eh, doesn't even know his wife is sitting next to him, mm-hmm. and like references her. Uh, and their son's there talking about Spain, and he like he feels trapped in this marriage and this relationship he's in. He feels trapped in, in Spain. Spain, yeah. Even though he's pretending like it's all great and stuff, showing them pictures, and then he has to have a heart to heart with Sharon that he is he's feeling trapped. This he's kid, this kid sucks. This guy sucks. <laughs> really? Yeah. That eight thousand pounds. Yeah. There's They're a reason. Never see it. There, yeah. No. There's a reason why Rob is like does not like. Fergus, but also They're Fergus similar. and Sharon have a great relationship with each other. I in, saw that. In the way they speak with each other. They are really good siblings. Yeah. I was sort like, of. Oh, okay. So like, yeah, well, he's not a great brother, but she's like, they understand each other. Yeah. He seemed like he made her feel kind of better about mm-hmm. her situation. She did she tell him before she told Rob that she didn't have eggs or something? Like 
No, I think, um, I don't know. I don't know. And don't she, know. she defends Rob. You can tell there's contention between yeah. him and Rob because he calls him fat and she's like, he's been under a lot of stress. Yeah. He's been eating a lot of toffee. Yeah. Cream. But he, but he's also saying Rob looks terrible. Yeah. Why would Rob look terrible? The alcoholism. Bam. Oh. Yeah. Dang. So she kind of probably just doesn't want to see she it. She doesn't dude. see it. Yeah. She doesn't see it. Um, but also she's defending Rob in a sense because she's feeling bad because she feels old and she doesn't want other people around her to also be old. That's right. And so like there's ah, layers oh and it's yeah, all and it's like, all jokes and it's, it's all, all jokes. It's all jokes in the style of Golden Girls like just digging at each other. Yeah. When he <laughs> tells his sister that he wants to run away from Spain and try and get the girls out legally, she immediately starts laughing at him. Yeah. And he's like, it's not funny. And she's like, no, I can see it's not funny from your perspective. <laughs> but can you see how it's funny from my perspective? <laughs> Genius. So good. Brutal. So brutal. Ooh, and he's like, no. Yeah, no. And then, the and then he's response. like, you got to help me. Uh, what, like, where am I supposed to go? And she's like, oh, where did you say they were again? And he's like, Spain. And she's like, yeah, there you go. There you go, yeah. <laughs> like, that's where you're supposed to go. Fucking idiot. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> it's just because he doesn't like what his complaints are that he passed out at a bullfighting. Yeah, so the boys, the boys think he's at weak. cantina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The boys at the cantina think he's weak. Uh-huh. And his wife is walking around the house like naked, half naked. Yeah, naked because she feels good about herself, and she's in Spain, and she yeah. feels like self like. Oh, and his confidence. businesses are failing. Yeah, horribly. Because he's terrible with money. Oh man. Yeah, this guy's got to get together. He's, he's a mess. He's a mess. He's but a I fucking get, mess. But he's I so he's sharp too. Similar to to Rob, though. Yeah. And that they both are just like trying to avoid their problems. Oh yeah. This show's got it all. It's got, it's got layers. It it's got some what? layers. <laughs> do you have like? Do we? Do we answer the question of like why you love this show? Oh my god, I think so. What I said about love <laughs> is hugely important to me. This show is important to me because it it's a demonstration of of relationships and love that I find very valuable and unseen in media a lot. Um, I love the quickness of the humor. We could talk about all the jokes all the time. We didn't even touch on um oh the doctor the doctor's office oh my god we didn't even touch on right that was the first time i watched that moment i thought i was like this seems like a creepy situation like i don't understand what she's giving off when i watch it the second time i'm like oh she's feeling unwanted and like she she wants this guy to like be like inappropriate with her or to hint that he's attracted to her in right because she's feeling like not enough yeah. of a of a quote-unquote woman or of a sexual being yeah because she's got her she he has to ask her to put her top back on and she's yeah like she it seems she seems very like unwanted and desperate in that moment she and seems get it like turned on looking for yeah. Uh yeah, she's looking for something from him that he is not giving her at all. Um but it's so I mean just the like she has a male gynecologist. Yeah. And there's this just like like of he's a doctor, he's a professional, he's like 
talking about her health. So professional. So professional. But at the same one. time, she's like, what do I do with this? Oh, there's like certain parts of me that are are feeling awkward and trying to make this like regular normal he doesn't laugh at or like doesn't yeah. acknowledge at all her discomfort he's so he's bland he's like yeah he's not comforting to her at all uh -uh. he's not i mean probably doesn't want to get sued but uh also or, it's or it's is, literally just his job yeah he's just doing like his job appropriate to to be like i don't know like it hitting on a, a patient or something yeah. too so Can't like do what that. is he supposed to say to her like, what does she want from him other than, like, yeah, everything's fine. You know, that's purely cosmetic. He's not warm at all. But no. that's just because that's who he is as a person, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, that scene was was nuts. And without it, I don't think you – if you don't grasp that scene, like I didn't on the first time yeah. around, you don't – like, the other stuff in the episode doesn't make as much sense. Yeah. So, second time around, I was like, ah. Yeah course it's so interesting because none of the script um relays any of that like any of that dynamic between the two of them and it's all just like you notice it about her it's just the way she's acting you're yeah. like oh she's a little weird she's a little she's bringing the energy in that's making it weird yeah and you're like oh this is about her yeah all this like uh yeah, strange tension is about her, but yeah. also it's a weirdly tense moment. I don't know how to interact with a doctor when I'm like, huh. like when they're, you know, talking about my genitals or or like yeah. touching me or anything like that. It feels uncomfortable. It feels very intimate, and yet it's not intimate at all. It's not. It's very clinical. Yeah. I mean, I, I. She's like, do I take my tights off and then? Like, I don't even know if he says, a like, is this a joke when he says that would probably be helpful? Yeah. And then he puts a condom on a fucking like reading, like a, a internal <laughs> it, device. The joke, I think, is is in that it is sexual. Yeah. In the, the least sexual way, right? Yeah. Because it's a, it's a, what did you call it? It's a, what do you call it when it's penis-like? Phallic. Phallic device. Yeah. And he puts a condom on. Yeah, or like and it's a, pointed right at her too. It's yeah, pointed at an angle right at her. And it's, yeah. it's it's like it could be sexual. It's not the sexual she wants. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't. Is that something she does as a character? That she is she like a cheater? Is she does she just like having sex? Uh, there is like there is. They are attracted to other people outside of their relationship. Oh, so they are fine with like. That's no, 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 no. That's not the case. They oh. are in a monogamous relationship, but they are also human beings who are attracted to other human beings. Oh, okay. And so like, it's very, very real. It's very real. They're just like they, they have to. They are individuals in this show. Like without this scene, you kind of wouldn't have her in this episode, at least, being as much of an individual as Rob is, right? Absolutely. She yeah. would be she would be a little more um like passive and more acceptable in the traditional mother role. But like with this scene, you're like she is a person. She yeah. has this like this personal things happening to her and she feels things about that. And yeah. you can relate to outside of outside of Rob. Outside of yeah. Too. Yeah. And even though and, and the stuff with her family is just another layer onto yeah. that, like how what does it mean to her to be a woman in this world? Right. 
and to be aging and this to be getting so older. Good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. We love this show. Oh my <laughs> God. We love this show. It's, it's good. It's so. <laughs> the layers. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a really refreshing take on like a relationships that you don't see. Because even, even when I watch comedies and stuff, like I was really refreshed when I watched The Office and not for like, like Jim and Pam are a great relationship, right? Mm -hmm. But what I like a lot about the show is when in season like eight or nine or like one of the last seasons, Jim and Pam start having real relationship problems. And real marital problems where Jim is, <clears throat> they like have an argument and it, they are not communicating well. And you see that play out and I was like, oh shit, okay. So Jim and Pam are a real married couple and not this romanticized ideal that people see of them from season three mm -hmm. where they're perfect and they don't have problems and they know how to communicate really well and they're fully functional. And all they have to do is raise an eyebrow and, and be in love and that's it, you know? Yeah, it, but when they start having marital problems, you you see like, oh, oh, they're really, they're real people. And and it, it was, for me, it was very sweet. It made their relationship, it gave it a lot of depth. It made it, uh, it, it was nice to see that and to see how people can have a relationship and work through problems. I think people get so used to like seeing relationships on TV and then not, like having them in their life and not knowing where the line is and not know, like you learn a lot when you're growing up about relationships from the ones you have, mm -hmm. from the ones you see around you, your parents, your grandparents, uh, and what you see on TV and there's a lot of like dysfunctional things on TV So it's nice to see something so like I would say ethically produced, you know Yeah, uh, and I, it might just be the age that we are encountering these relationships in because in high school I probably would not have uh, Mapped so much off of you know, yeah. a catastrophe or, or <laughs> yeah, like, probably not or the office or anything like that, or like, especially marital issues in the office. I'd be like, why, wait, why can't they just be in love? Why do they have to have a, <laughs> like a relationship problem? Why are they introducing that into the story? That's oh, yeah, a lot of people hated it. Yeah. A lot of people don't like the Jim and Pam plot, but I think it's, it's it, it really important. It grounds, it grounds the characters and it makes them more real and, and it makes their, the, it makes the resolution of of the problem all that much more important yeah. and dem demonstrative of the solidness of their relationship that they can overcome something like that. It was an awesome like storyline, I thought. For People yeah. aren't perfect. We make mistakes every yeah. single day. We can't remember the word for couch. We don't <laughs> know if we are ready to be parents. And we don't know if we are ready we to. We hate our job. Yeah. We we struggle with uh, what addiction. Is it? We struggle with like mortality. We it's insane. It's a living it's is a, a catastrophe. catastrophe. We found it. Yeah. We found it. Uh, you have reviews of this. Yeah, show. I pulled up some reviews. Uh, they look pretty good. They look like pretty good reviews. Oh, the episode dropped. Did you say when it aired? March 12th, 2017. On I BBC did not. 4. And then the season dropped on Amazon Prime 
on April 28th, 2017. Yeah. Uh, did we say uh, who was starring in it? Yes. All right, I right like on. one of the first things I said. Uh, the, well, a review that I found was on Vulture. Uh, a lot of reviews are for the whole season because of the way it dropped here in the U.S. Uh, but this yes. is this is a review from Vulture. I just took a chunk out of it. It's by Joshua Rivera. Um, this episode considers an anxiety about aging that is different from the kind experienced by young people approaching adulthood. That anxiety is best described as fretting over potential, over time wasted, over promises unfulfilled. The anxiety expressed here is far less frantic a deeper realization for the need to cope with pending inevitabilities is a constant state of negotiating with the future. Joshua Rivera. Dang. 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 The rest of the review is just him talking about the events of the episode. We could have just read that and ended the episode. Right? Sorry we made you listen to us talk. Yeah, maybe we'll cut everything else out. Let's just cut everything else out. Cut everything else out. Done. Yeah. That's so well put. Yeah. Uh, I, could, I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah, they worry. Uh, they Everyone is worrying about the future. The Like Chris and Fran are worried about, like, if they die, who's going to take care of their son? Um, and these are people who are going through a divorce, but they have to figure out for each other, for themselves, who they feel most safe with, hand, like taking care of their kid. Yeah. And when Rob asks why... They the, disagree. The only two yeah. that we could. That we would agree on. That we didn't disagree on. Yeah, that's what Fran said. And what did Chris, Chris said? Because we love you. For Chris, that's probably true. Yeah. For Fran, that's also true. Yeah. That not that she loves them, but that that's the only one they could agree on. Yep. Fran is a piece of work. She's a piece of work. Chris is a piece of work as well. Like the re- the relationship ended because it of Chris, not come because of across Fran. that way. Really, not I mean, because he seems so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Chris doesn't seem like like a great, like he's very emotionally supportive for her anyway. But right. Uh, honestly, I thought they were married for a little bit in the beginning. I mean, they are. They are still, but I didn't yeah. understand that they were going through a divorce yeah. until Douglas came in. Yep. I was like, oh. Oh. Especially, the craziest thing is they're going through a divorce, uh, but the opportunity for a foursome is a thing they check in with each other about. They're like, oh, do we take this? Are we going to do this? I think, uh, for me, I thought it was Fran checking in and him being like, you fucking Yeah, yeah. Obviously, no. But... uh, but you know the I character. Think I do know the character. In that moment, I honestly don't know. I just got the sense of this is a, something that they've discussed before and wow. maybe agreed on maybe exploring. Wow. Especially specifically with Sharon and Rob. Like one of the first questions like Fran asks Rob, uh, she's like, oh, you're really tall, aren't you? Is it uh, is it true what they say about tall guys? And I think she just full on says that you have a big cock or something like that. Wow. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> this uh, show doesn't shy away from sex. No. Also. Yeah. It's very sex positive. Very sex positive. We are here for this sex yeah. positivity. Thank you, Hollywood, for finally getting over it. But it's not like. I guess it's not Hollywood. This is this yeah, is emblematic of the BBC. Yeah. British. Yeah. British Thank television. Thank you, BBC. Mm-hmm. BBC. 
Um, oh, but I do have a little like gift for you, Ooh. a little surprise. Um, so this show uh, is doing a thing where the main characters are named after the actors. Right? Yeah. They do yeah. like just that makes it's it easy. Cute. Why would you do that? Why would someone do that? It's a, I assumed I was thinking maybe they were married. Are they married in real life? No. Nope. Like, yeah, they have their yeah. own. They have their own marriages. They have their own Why relationships. Because it makes it easy to remember the comedian's name, right? Or the actor's name. You're like, oh, the you're going to call yeah, the, when you see did, that, uh, that uh, character. Will Smith. Yeah. They chose, he chose his name to be Will Smith. Yeah. So I got a little game for you. This is, <laughs> oh, um, this is other shows where this happens. And okay, I want you to right guess, on. I want you to guess the actor um, and the show. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so. This is an Emmy-winning sitcom which follows the life of a group of cabbies in New York. Oh, fuck. What? That sounds like an old show. It's an older show, yeah. Wow. What could, what could it possibly be about? Cabbies Taxi. in New York. There you go. <laughs> Taxi. Taxi. Uh, the struggling boxer is named. There's a struggling boxer in this? <laughs> Do you... <laughs> hold on, Do you know anything on. about the this show Taxi? This is a sitcom? Sitcom. Do you know anything about the show Taxi? No. Ah. I've never heard of this Got show. It. But let me think. Struggling Boxer. And the era is the 70s? Mm-hmm. Yikes. A Woody Harrelson. No, Mm-mm. Cheers was his time. Woof. The 70s. My God. That's like Robert De Niro and Al Pacino era. Would you like a hint? Yeah. Hold me closer. Tony Danza. Tony Danza. <laughs> Holy shit. Tony Danza oh, Tony plays Danza. a struggling boxer named Tony in Taxi. That's an R.I.P., isn't it? Uh Oh, is it? Tony Danza. It's also the name of the trope of naming your character after the actor. Because he's played so many characters named Tony. Oh, Tony's still alive. Or it's called the Danza. Yeah. Really? Yeah, is when you name a character after the actor. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. Um, This 1989 show, uh, it's a primetime soap opera featuring a lot of sand, sun, and bikinis, and a 20-year-old clean-shaven actor known for his other aquatic role. I'm assuming, is that Baywatch? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's David Hasselhoff? Mm Mm-mm. No! Oh, it's Aquaman. Uh, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. He's yeah. named Jason in the show. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did know that one. <laughs> he looks way different. He does. No yeah. beard. Oh, my God. No beard. No, like, way less hair. I mean, I guess he doesn't have hair. On his yeah, he's body. totally clean shaven. He's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, Aquaman. Aquaman a, doesn't have hair on him. He has hair on his chest, doesn't he? No. No. He could get away with it. Superman he totally with could it. get away with it. Yeah. Oh, Superman is pretty hair suit, huh? Damn. I think different versions of Superman are not hairy. That's true. Classic. A more classic Superman would not be. I don't know why. I don't know. Let, let men be hairy. Let men be hairy. Wolverine's hairy. Yeah. Wolverine, yeah. Uh, these brothers set uh, uh, with an odd couple dynamic are both pulling this off in this Nickelodeon sitcom that ran from 2004 to 2007. Oh, Drake and Josh. Done. Hell yeah. yeah. There you go. I, and I still love uh, Josh. Drake, um, you have issues. <laughs> you need to work out. <laughs> but also Will Smith. And Will Prince Smith. Yeah, that movie. would have been a little. Yeah. That was Uncle Phil's idea. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Just name yourself Will Smith. 
So that when everyone sees you, you're like, oh, that's Drake and Josh. That's, you know, yeah. everyone knows the names. So that was my little game for you. It's a fun trivia. Yeah. Thank you for doing you're that. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do we got anything else to say about this show? Oh, my God. Watch it. Oh, yeah. Lisa, watch, the show. watch this show. <laughs> okay, but. Does Leslie like the show? I think that's something we. Can she talk does. About. She really likes the show. Really? I don't know if she's seen all of it. I don't know if she's watched it without me, but she's very much enjoyed it when I've watched it with her. I don't watch TV with Lara except for Lara is my significant other. Oh. Um, except for Avatar, The Last Airbender, and we watch movies together a lot. Mm-hmm. We're not in. I don't know when you. If that's like a a milestone you get to, where you start watching TV with your. I your... think. I think it's a. Uh, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually the uh, the. Uh, it's the flick anniversary. The right? flick anniversary. <laughs> yeah, that's different. That sounds wrong. It's a, uh, a different anniversary. Uh, uh, the streaming anniversary. Streaming anniversary. Maybe I don't know. That might. That also might be dirty in a, in a gross way. The flip anniversary. No. Mm-mm. You know the clicker anniversary. The clicker. The remote anniversary. anniversary. There we go. That's better than <laughs> clicker. <laughs> the imagery that uh, we've given you, people. Yeah. I really hope you you enjoy it. I hope and you love that. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Yeah, great Thank job. You for listening this far along into it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks to anyone who wrote a review. If you if you want to leave us a review, we would love to read it on air. Yeah, we, uh, I believe we still don't have any. Let me check. I believe we don't have any new ones, but uh, we're we're checking our reviews on Apple Podcasts all the time. Yeah, drop us, just rate us. You can even just rate us. You don't even have to review us. We'd love whatever help you can give. Yeah, we're still at seven. We're looking to get an eight. People. We're looking. We're looking for uh, it. We're... We appreciate you following us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anywhere you find us, anywhere you listen to podcasts, thanks for supporting us. Thanks for helping out. Let us know if you got any feedback, anything, any shows you want us to watch. We have shows that we are supposed to be watching. We're supposed to be watching 90 Day Fiance. We are supposed to be. At some point. We're supposed to be. But we're rebels. We're. Adam really doesn't want to do it, but I got a specific request to watch this show. Also, you don't want to watch American Idol, but you got a resp- specific know, request to watch. We gotta that watch show. American Idol. We gotta. Let's just do it all in one day. Oh, get it out God. of the way. Okay. okay, what a day. The people want to hear us. They want to hear it. In t- We're here for torment. you. We do it for you. Uh, thank you for listening to season three, episode four. Our theme song is written and performed by Jacob Bernstein. If you can, like I said, follow us on Instagram. Thank you for listening to season three, episode four. Our theme song is written and performed by Jacob Bernstein. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. You can find Lisa at L-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-A. You can find Ozzy at O-Z-Z-Z. Ugh. You can find Ozzy at O-Z-Z. O-Z-Z-I-E. O-Z-Z-I-E, the buddy. Yeah, okay, that's right. You can find Adam on Instagram at Damon HD. Uh, you can find this podcast at Season 3, Episode 4. The words are words. The numbers are numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Join us next week. Yeah. Oh, my God. Bye. Bye. What's up? What is the episode? Season 3, episode 4.
Sometimes Lisa doesn't know that she's speaking out loud <laughs> and that the world can hear her. It was so zoomy, okay? <laughs> 